you're listening to Frankly with Faith. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Faith Tomlinson. I'm a soon-to-be expat who will be living in Saudi with my husband, Steve. I'm a professional housewife and expert in giving sass. I'll talk about the fun and excitement, the highs and the lows of being an expat. I'll discuss the misadventures of love and marriage. You'll hear me share some candid conversations about trauma, mental health, and other purposeful topics. I'll sprinkle in some news and gossip from around the world. This is Frankly with Faith. Welcome everyone to another episode of Frankly with Faith. I have a special guest here with me today, one of my BFFs and brother, Tim, as I like to call him sometimes, Timmy Teo. Can you say hi, Tim? Absolutely. Hi, it's me. I do not co-sign to being special in any way, shape, or form, but I am a human being and I am present. (laughs) What? Well, I think you're pretty special. And you have come home to visit this weekend, and I don't know about you, but these last few days have been really, really awesome. Yeah, it was a good time, a chance to see you. Uh, we got a lot of closure with family issues. Um, just got to see where you are in life and where you and Stephen are headed on the next chapter in your journey. And I just feel good about where y'all are going to be going. Um, weekend went by extremely quickly. I wish I had more time to be here and enjoy it with you. Oh my gosh, you are so sweet. You're going to make me cry. Okay, I don't want to cry. This is supposed to be a, a happy episode. Um, I too have enjoyed all the time that we spent together. It reminded me of the times we used to spend a lot of time together and go on trips and have adventures. Like when you took me to see, um, what's the president? George Washington State. Okay, yes, but you didn't say a state. You said we were going to go see his house, and you let me get all dolled up and didn't say a word, and we arrived at a compound. It was huge, but I remember my attitude and you laughing at me the entire time, but that's a memory that I'll have forever. I mean, we do live in the digital age, and when I say we're going to go to Mount Vernon or we're going to go to George Washington's house, um, it's right at your fingertips if you want to do a little research into that. I knew exactly what we were getting into, and I dressed accordingly. Uh, You were kind of under the impression, yeah, it was a house. (laughs) 15 minutes in and out. Let's go ahead and do this photo op. Like, there's going to be paparazzi following us around. But, yeah, I enjoyed the Canon and Live Fire musket exhibit. Uh, The scowl on your face. I thought you were going to stab me with any sharp object you could find close readily by. Yeah, I was pretty mad. I remember I stopped talking to you, too. That's when you know, like, I'm really mad. Carmascal, you were like um, using whatever you had in your purse to, like, you weren't going to wipe the sweat away. You were like 
dabbing at the sweat. I think it's something that women do to try to keep their makeup um, looking the way that it's supposed to. Yeah. Like, how much longer? How much longer? <laughs> how much longer are we going to be here? Wait, there's another portion that we're going to? I'm like, yeah, babe, this is going to be an all-afternoon event. Mm. Man, the super heavy side, <laughs> if rolling your eyes were an exercise, you would have burned like 72,000 calories that day. Oh, man, yeah, I was so pissed. And I had dressy sandals on and shorts and this really cute top and a face full of makeup. It, it, it just was not... I was still glad yeah, I nobody, went. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> when we had you just, when we go uh, exploring, all you need are adventure pants, uh, a bottle of water, uh, some snacks, uh, nice, well, not nice shoes, but shoes you can do a lot of walking in, and an awesome attitude. That's it. No makeup is required. We're not going to do any type of photo shoots. We're not... Um, <laughs> Going out for tryouts of Victoria's Secret. It's normal adventure adult time. Well, I've, I'm so much better now. Like I told you when you first got home, I'm so proud of myself that I'm finally able to pack for three to four days in a regular carry-on suitcase. That is huge for me. That is a milestone <laughs> in a lot of women's travel, I guess, um, merit badges of adulthood <laughs> you don't need 17 outfits uh i kind of do it too though like i go overboard with underwear like i'll pack everything else normally i don't really need more than one long pair of pants uh, a decent pair of black shoes decent pair of adventuring shoes and then if we want like somewhere an ocean or a lake or water involved, a pair of board shorts. Like, I will pack 12 days worth of underwear like I'm going to shit myself <laughs> every day. Do you have accidents <laughs> or something? No, I don't know why I pack so many, uh, like, wife beater undershirts, regular undershirts, v-neck undershirts. All different types. I don't like regular boxes, but the boxer breeze, like six or seven of those yes. for a three day trip. <laughs> you can never really have too many pairs of underwear. Traveling with me has always been an adventure and difficult. And I just say, bless your heart and thank you for putting up with me during those trying, trying times. But I like that, you know, I've always been this way. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's one of the benefits of growing up with somebody. Wild me up so zero to 100 real quick. But I also know you. I can do the same thing. Vice versa. I know things that are going to calm you down and keep you out of the uh, rage mode. It's the same thing you do <laughs> um, on me. So when we're out in adventure mode, if that, if either of us gets schooled up, we both kind of know how to calm each other down and let's move on to another thing that we have on our itinerary or agenda for the trip. It's pretty good. I'd rather go on a trip with you than I'd go on a trip with a bunch of strangers. And I'd, yeah, Aww. I would rather go on a trip by myself than 
a trip with a bunch of strangers. I'm not doing what you want to do, stranger. I'm going to do what I want to do. I thought you were going to say, I'd rather go on a trip by myself than with you. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, wow. Uh, Sometimes solo trips are extremely freeing. Like, I can do and set my agenda for everything I want to do. I know how many miles per day I can walk around and still be excited about seeing new things. If you ha- if you're with somebody, you gotta kinda find a happy medium between both people. Or like for going out to eat or bathroom breaks on a long road trip. Or if I'm the silent reflective type in the car and I love just zoning out, you know, reviewing my two year, five year, ten year plan on road trips. If you go on a trip with somebody that's a nonstop talker, uh, you might be digging graves on the side <laughs> of the road by the time you get there. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. So we weren't able to take a trip together this time you were home, but we were able to watch Bird Box together. You are finally caught up on all the Bird Box hype. How does it feel? It feels good. Um, I enjoyed the Bird Box movie. I've had to kind of duck people and cut them off with a pretty curt and terse, hey, I haven't seen the movie yet type uh, warning. So now that I've seen it, I can actually talk about it and enjoy it with them. Yeah, I definitely advise that you go online and start looking at Bird Box memes. Those are pretty hilarious. But one of the things that I noticed that you did a couple of times while we were watching the movie, this was my second time to see it, you would uh, stop the movie and give your own critiques, criticisms, and commentary. And I just think that those things were the best. Can you share some of those? Um, yeah, I think the ones I'm trying to remember where I had to stop and I'm like, this is bad. Hold on. Let me just let this out so I don't ruin the rest of the, the movie is reacting. Um, first off, I think it was a accurate portrayal of a post-apocalyptic world. I think there's going to be um, just massive amounts of confusion, nobody really knowing what's going on, horrible sights and sounds that uh, are almost unfathomable. So I think that the movie did an excellent job with that. I was really just disheartened with the way the military character kind of went about dispatching his duties in this post-apocalyptic world. Like in the military, we learned this thing that if we ever are trying to instill good order and discipline, the key acronym for that is POPPER, P-O-P-P-E-R. First objective is to preserve order. Second objective is to protect property. And the third objective is to enforce rules and regulations. So that being instilled very early, uh, repetitively um, kind of driven into us, the way that he was acting and not taking charge, not doing like accountability checks, not trying to take care of what eventually became his 
work group or his platoon or the people that he was going to go through this crazy post-apocalyptic world, you know, try to do this new paradigm of life with, it just unnerved me, especially when weapons were involved. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to have too many spoilers in this. It's just uh, I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't portray. He portrayed a muscly dude that is an actor pretending to be a sailor, soldier, airman, or marine. So that kind of made me get out of the movie and be like, "This is an actor trying." Right. I, I didn't like that. And for those that haven't caught on, Tim is a Marine. Um, thank you for your service to our country. Um, but I really, I always love that take from you whenever we're watching a movie that has some sort of military component. Because I always like to hear the truth and how it really would go down. Because I know in the movies, that's never how it goes down. And your, your commentary is always the best with that. How did you feel about Olympia? And um, the angry uh, white man. Uh, the two char- those two characters seem so far at odds on the spectrum. I like that they were both included. Um, the drunk old man that you know, already had two previous marriages. He was on his third marriage. He is set in his ways. He's a very analytical, meticulous person person that pays attention to detail that's how he got to where he was in life with being a trial lawyer or a corporate litigator or whatever the um i don't know what her name is olympia or olivia olympia olympia all right olympia is the total opposite end of the spectrum she looks like she is a town yokel (laughs) that accidentally got knocked up. So now she is pregnant. She doesn't understand any, she didn't understand anything about the world before. And now she's been tossed into this post-apocalyptic world uh, where there is this huge unseen enemy that nobody knows how to combat. She is all about empathy. Uh, Empathy overtakes her. She knows how it feels to be totally out of control and not able to be the master of her destiny and be begging somebody else for help. That kind of skews her perceptive on letting outsiders into the group and just the grass is always, not the grass is always greener, um, uh, realist, optimist, and a pessimist. I would say Olympia is an optimist through and through in a situation that calls for everyone that has eyes and ears and wants to protect, you know, the group to be a realist or a pessimist. Assume the worst case scenario, but you can hope for the best if you want to. Right. And number two, she's not in charge. You never <laughs> go making decisions on your own without consulting the group. One of the first things I would have done as the military dude, hey, females with females, males with males, but you're always going to go and use the buddy system. I don't care if you're using the restroom. 
somebody's going to be outside of that door waiting for you to get done using the restroom. We have an unknown enemy that we don't even know if it can, you know, slither in through windows. What if we left a crack in the window and this thing can come in through the window? You know, all these unknowns, and they're just walking around like it's a slumber party. (laughs) What is going on? I mean, now that you say that, it really did seem like a slumber party. Just a house full of people hanging out and making decisions. (laughs) Everybody making decisions. (laughs) This is why I've always. Well, I'm going to go do this. Well, I'm going to go do this. Well, I'm going to go do that. No, you're not. These portions of the house are off limits. If I see anybody, you know, even near a window, I'm going to try to break your hands because I'm going to assume <laughs> you're trying to open up this window and get me caught by whatever that thing is. That's what I I love when we talk about things like this. I've always said to you over the years that when the end of days happens and if it's like chaotic like this, like I'm coming to stay with you. Steven and I are coming to stay with you between you and, and Steven and his engineer and building acumen. We will make it out of any sort of episode. Um, I would feel very safe with, with the both of you. So I'm so glad that you could provide that insight that's one thing i don't like about these movies is that i feel like oftentimes their the actor portrayals and responses and reactions are not realistic in real world scenarios everyone's not going to help everyone in the real world i just i highly doubt that yeah yeah i agree with that oh the, the, that was the second the second one that um kind of unnerved me with the military dude um Weapons accountability and weapons retention. Every time they would just like slam the shotgun on the uh, uh, kitchen counter or just flag everybody else in the room with the muzzle of a weapon or something like that. (laughs) If you you have weapons, you have accountability for those weapons. If somebody's going to be the sergeant of the guard, he's usually the one with the weapons. It's just like willy nilly. I'm gonna leave the weapon on the counter and I'm gonna go get drunk. Yo, as the you know ranking military member, if you see drunky McDrunkerton getting drunk, <laughs> you take the shotgun away from him. <laughs> drunky McDrunkerton. Yeah, he did get drunk a lot. That he, yeah. I got the feeling he may have been a recovering alcoholic or something because I noticed how he was drinking out of the small bottle. Like uh, the little nipper bottle of vodka or gin or whatever it was, he was putting it on his tongue. Either I was thinking that's either to try to preserve that alcohol that's in that little bottle, or because he wasn't supposed to be drinking in the first place. But yeah, I just that's just something I noticed. But what are your thoughts and what's your take on what the evil was? That were they spirits? Was yeah. it Satan? Um, I liked the the movie just because it kind of hit me full force that uh, it paralleled or actually was a Christian-themed, Christian-based allegory. I think the end of days, as far as Revelations is concerned, it had a lot of similarities to pretty much rivers of blood flowing through the street, brother against brother, sister against sister. When you have an unknown enemy, um, you have something that you really cannot fight with conventional weapons. Um, you can't really fight with your known remedies, anything and everything that you've built 
that can be used in an offensive or defensive posture is null and void and out the window. The whole aspect of the entity or the monster or whatever it was using people's greatest fears or their greatest, um, I guess, attributes against them is something that I think uh, fallen angels or Satan himself uh, would use and does use. Mm, yes. So with that, I think it kind of followed what a Christian uh, archetype would be. The whole monster never really was allowed to touch anybody. It never actually grabbed somebody and did things. Just like in Christianity, uh, Satan is bound by God's rules and regulations. He was allowed to tempt uh, Job by inflicting mass injuries on him and pretty much debilitating his life. But God allowed that. Um, Satan whispers in people's ears with uh, kind of trumping up their fears to not get them to be the godly person that they are. So this spirit thing would always use people's fears against them, but he never, the spirit never actually did the killing. Right, it was manipulation um, at its finest. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And I liked how, when you started talking about that, one of the things I thought about was Satan being deceitful and using the voice of lost lost loved ones. Um, I could easily see myself falling prey to that. Um, so that was really profound for me. Yeah, in the Bible, Satan is known as the great deceiver, and he likes to mimic God's voice. He'll say things that are, I guess, maybe like 75% true, but with a little bit of a lie. And then the next time, he'll come through with something that's 50% true, 50% lie. And as he breaks kind of your mental state down, it'll be 75% lie, 25% truth, and then wholeheartedly you're believing the lie that, or I'm believing the lie that I've been told. Like against, I don't know, I don't remember the main character's name. What was her name? Oh, Sandra Bullock's character. Now I can't think of her name. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sandra Bullock's character, as Sandra Bullock got closer to achieving her objective, he got more and more pointed, whatever the entity was, with using her fear of not achieving intimacy used her fear of um, losing the family unit that she had created through those trying times. He used everything that he could to tempt her to turn back from her objective. So, yeah, I see the whole overarching theme as kind of a Christian allegory. And I'm so glad we watched this together because my takeaway the first time was nothing like that. I, um, I enjoyed it and it had me asking questions, for, but from a completely different perspective. So the fact that you were able to bring that 
fresh point to it because I, I haven't heard other people talking about this either. And I just thought that was really, really profound. Um, you know, I may not be as strong in my faith walk as you. So maybe that's why it was more evident for you. But I'm just glad that I was able to hear that from your side. Um, it's also really scary. I just want to ask you a question, though. When this apocalypse happens or whatever happens, can I can I come stay with you? It's not going to be time. It's going to be pretty much like the movie. It's going to be instantaneous. <laughs> well, almost as instantaneous as the movie um, showed. Is it's like the the spirits were pretty much a vector borne illness, and they just moved as fast as they could ravage, kind of like locusts. And if you can try to place yourself inside of that movie. Watching somebody else, you know, step in front of a semi-truck or watching people commit mass suicide, jumping out of windows, just smashing their faces into, you know, hard rocks, stabbing themselves in the throat. Those are totally unnerving sights and sounds. Your, your brain isn't, my brain, our brains as human aren't built to process that type of uh, carnage. So... Pretty much we would be in a state of shock initially. Like it's going to be pretty quick. I don't think there would be time to, all right, well, let me fly over to Tim's house. That still doesn't answer my question. The question is, can I come stay with you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you can be part of the team. Okay. I mean, me and Steven. Listen, follow, yeah, follow directions. Don't be going out willy-nilly. Hey, well, I think he's a good guy. I mean, just let him on in. Uh, No, we're not going to be doing that. I can promise you I won't be doing that. Like I said, I'm just so glad that you came this weekend. We were able to spend some quality time together as this move seems to be fast approaching. Um, Who knows? I mean, maybe I'll get one more visit in. I can come see you driving through Atlanta or something, but family time is always a good time. And this felt really good. It felt like old times with you. And I'm really going to miss you when I'm gone. (laughs) Uh, It's just life. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to miss your presence here in the States, but this is where the next chapter of your life is taking you. It's kind of bittersweet. I'm glad that you're going to be able to be immersed in another's, another nation's um, kind of customs and courtesies. Uh, coming back after you do the you know, one-year, 18-month, two-year tour, you're going to have a greater appreciation for, not that you don't have an appreciation now, the greater appreciation for uh, the constitutional republic that the U.S. was built on. Over there in Saudi Arabia, it's a king-based monarchy. And, you know, at the whim of somebody that's royalty, you could be right as rain with not letting them uh, cut in front of you, but they decide that you need to be put in jail Uh, Yeah, you're going to be put in jail. Yeah, well, I'm still excited about going over there to Saudi. Um, I totally understand what you're saying, and I appreciate your realistic um, approach. And 
I'm just excited, like you said, to be immersed in a different culture and experience so many new and different things and to be able to bring that perspective back here eventually, you know, after a few yeah. years of being over there. So just thank you for being such a supportive and amazing big brother. I do not co-sign to that. You special earlier. <laughs> special. I am a normal, uh, average the world's okayest brother. I have a t-shirt to prove. Oh my gosh. Yes, I did. (laughs) I did get y'all those shirts. I'm awful. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're a gracious host while I was down. I appreciate my time here. You uh, have an awesome, I guess, picking. You have an awesome criteria for beds. So the guest bedroom that I do stay in when I'm down here, it has got the (laughs) softest bed ever. Well, I'm glad you loved it. And thanks again for hopping on uh, with me and my listeners. We appreciate all your insights and input. Um, And I guess I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to Frankly with Faith. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and like. I welcome interaction, so feel free to shoot me a message with questions, tidbits, and stories. You can email me at franklywithfaith at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at frankly underscore with faith and check out the website at www.frankly.com franklywithfaith.com. Remember to tune in next week for another Frankly with Faith delight.